0: Welcome to PTBC Podcast, where we will be speaking about innovation, technology, growing your business, and maximizing your
1: entrepreneurial potential. Let's get get down down to to business.
0: Hey everyone, and welcome to another edition of PTBC Unfiltered Series. That's the episodes where we give our thoughts on relevant topics to us today and to you as well. Uh, This week we decided to talk about uh, something that feels really good and that's a little bit of those uh, uh, blues hitting after having a very uh, torrented summer where we were hit with the news about uh, COVID and uh, uh, consistent restrictions on what to do so people did not get to enjoy summer as much in Canada and uh, we wanted to know that potentially can impact clinicians, employees in the clinic owners and uh, the patients as well so um veronica what are your thoughts how are you feeling after six months of turbulent situations
2: um it's definitely been interesting um we actually had a really kind of unique situation in my class but half the class had to just get tested for covid so I guess everyone had kind of given up on um, distancing and everyone kind of had their own little circles within one giant one. So, um, fortunately, I'm antisocial, so I did not have to deal with that. But um, I think it's really showing, like, especially people in healthcare, and we've got so much riding on like showing up for the next two months to be able to graduate, um, that even us students are kind of getting a little bit lax on the rules, and it's really kind of hitting home this week where everyone needs to get tested and they had to miss a few weeks of placement to isolate and all that. So I think it's definitely showing that people are starting to kind of get really burnt out and just really looking for more of that social interaction. Uh, and that's getting more and more difficult as like the numbers start going up and things start shutting down again. So it'll be interesting to see how things kind of like turn just going forward.
0: Yeah, that's a really interesting situation because the thing is even one case can really impact um, the operations of the whole organization, right? Because of the uh, such huge credibility, uh, even though it might not affect you intensely physically on the, uh, on the young people side but uh still have to take the necessary precautions to make sure you don't pass it on what's going on with you justin in regards to the corona
3: oh not bad man you know i'm just uh trying to try to make these uh pivots you know for these last couple months uh but i was just gonna say in terms of with veronica like i know you're gonna be starting to practice for the uh the the practical exam too i'm just it's just gonna be really interesting to see how things are going to play out for you guys. Cause you guys are going to be, you know, having to practice with other people, right. Or, you know, your partners. So, you know, I, I'm very curious to see like how, like what the situation is, like, will you be like, where are you guys going to be practicing? How is that going to happen? Um, and then how is that going to affect, you know, when the, uh, when the exam is going to be, or like even the layout of the exam. So Yeah, sorry, I was going a little tangent there.
2: Yeah, no, it's definitely interesting right now um, because the CPA is definitely kind of back and forth on if they're offering um, the November practical exam and like how many people they're gonna have, they're just really having issues kind of locking down a site for it, um, which is obviously frustrating for everyone, but I think it's kind of, you have to look at the whole situation and getting hundreds of students all together studying and then taking a test isn't really the smartest thing for us to do right now. So it looks like they're gonna be pushing it until like March um, for most people and then getting people who have been waiting for a really long time now to try to get some spots through in November and just see how that goes and then moving forward. But I think the whole thing is gonna be in like PPE and like very isolated people are gonna have to quarantine a couple weeks going into it so it's definitely not over <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah no I, I can imagine like even for us when we did our nationals it was the situation in itself was already so stressful and I can just may, imagine like laying on another additional you know variables to the whole uh the environment you know so yeah it's going to be really interesting but uh Slava so to answer your question you know I think for myself you know it, it's been a, it's been it's been taking a little bit of time to kind of ramp up in terms of with practice. But I think I've gotten to a point where, you know, I'm kind of in a little bit of a rhythm, um, you know, with the the PPE, it's going to take a little bit of time to get used to it, but you know, now I'm pretty much close to back to, you know, my pre COVID numbers in terms of caseload utilization and, you know, clients. I find that clients are enjoying coming in because a lot of them are working from home and it's a, it's, it's an opportunity for them to leave the house. And like you, like we talked about off this, uh, off the podcast, you know, a lot of people are, um, dealing with, you know, mental health and just being able to talk to someone, I think that goes a long way in terms of just, you know, their overall well-being. So, so yeah. Yeah. A
2: hundred
0: percent. The, the one thing that really stands out in the patterns of, um, how my patients have behaving as well as how the people in the clinic have been looking at things is that we were finally able to weather the first wave, right? Like you said, Justin, that initially there was a bit of that hit. We transitioned using tele-rehab and then started to ramp up the caseload, and the caseload is running pretty well these days, and then there's consistent background noise about uh, the second wave started, right? The thing is the first wave never truly finished right because we're supposed to reach phase four where everything fully opens but we never really got to phase four and now there's again the cases is going up and there's a threat of the second uh wave coming along so it just seems like people are starting not to see the light at the end of the and uh, <laughs> uh, the burdens of consistently pivoting are starting to weigh in on them Have you seen that uh, in your clinics, guys, in terms of how people are responding to the situation?
2: Yeah, I mean, um, I'm in public practice right now, just on placement, but I think like, even just like with the staff and everything, people are pretty stressed right now, especially with kids going back to school, all of a sudden, like they're not just in control of what they're doing, but kids are kind of a bit of a wild card right now. And there's always that stress about like, should you send your kid back to school? I know a lot of people were considering not doing that. And then what do you do if there's an outbreak or if one of their friends gets it? And I think everyone's just seems pretty stressed about um, all the added pressures now that the numbers are back up just when it kind of seemed that things were gonna start settling down. I don't know what you guys are seeing in the clinics.
1: Yeah, we're seeing pretty much similar with um, with the school, especially in Alberta. It's a little bit of a hairy situation. I think I don't want to get too political about it, but because they've kind of changed the rules a little bit within the schools here. So I think people have taken that on to kind of change the rules in within different spaces I know right now especially the restaurant industry is, it's taking a little bit, taking it a little bit harder with healthcare. I think patients have been actually really good, especially at our clinic with kind of following the protocols to maintain the safety of everybody. Um, But I could, I do see a little bit still more of the COVID kind of burnout. And a lot of patients are, you know, they're feeling much less motivated than usual. They're not feeling as, up to doing rehab. And sometimes rehab is hard work. So, Mm -hmm. you know, not only are we now battling a little bit of trying to motivate patients when they're in pain, but we're also now trying to motivate them and get them pick them back up when they're feeling the kind of the side effects of, of everything that's been going on around them from home, from school, from, you know, the media, just things, getting drilled into their newsfeed about this happened, that outbreak, this outbreak, maybe second wave, maybe not lockdown. So it's been a, it can be tiring for people. I can understand that. And I think it's, and it's tiring for the practitioners too. It's not like, we're not like immune to any of the things that's happening around us, but at the end of the day, we have to be strong for our patients. And at least that's kind of my mentality going in because I know, that they're there for my care. And that part of that care is really understanding those components
3: around that. Yeah, Yes, I totally agree. I think from what even I noticed with some of my clients and my, for myself, it's like, you know, with this whole quarantine and isolation, you know, a lot of us haven't been as active as we usually are. Right. And like in Toronto, I know the gyms have been open for a little while, but even for myself, like I gained about like, you know, 10 pounds, during this whole isolation, I was just eating, eating, eating and not moving. I'd be sitting on the couch, you know, watching TV. And a lot of my clients have, have mentioned this to me that, you know, it's like, they don't feel like they're as active as they once were. Right. And so it's more hard to, you know, go through rehab when, you know, you don't feel like you're in the most, maybe the best shape. You're not mentally quite as sharp because, you know, we all know how important exercise is in terms of, you know regulating and addressing, you know, not just the physical, but more of the social and mental component as well. Right. So, you know, I, I also have found that a little bit more difficult. So yeah. Even sleep.
1: Like if you think about it, like I know that right now, a lot of people are not sleeping as well. My patients have told me like, just, just, just feeling a little bit more anxious about things. Um, Mm -hmm. And we know that there's a direct correlation with sleep and pain. Less sleep they have, they're more likely they're more more sensitive to pain, and that itself. There's so many factors. It's crazy because I think we're actually really in a really interesting position to help these individuals through physical rehab to help regain some of that positivity. You know, celebrating those little wins, um, <clears throat> showing them their progress, showing them their improvement. Really hardcore reminding them of why they came into the clinic and how that's going to impact their life in a positive way
2: yeah for sure i feel like there's also like not that kind of light at the end of the tunnel you know like usually there's motivation to get back into the gym back to like sports or whatever activity is like important to someone and most of those things are canceled right now so it kind of feeds into that whole, like, why don't I just like <clears throat> sit and rest and like wait it out, which we know can usually lead to poor outcomes or like longer recovery. So I think it's hard trying to motivate people without that kind of end goal that they're used to having.
1: Well, here's the thing. This is what this is what I try to tell some of my patients if I feel like they're a little bit down about the situation rather than their injury. The way I kind of try to, obviously, the perspective really, really becomes important in a situation like this. And if you look back through history, like the human, humans have been through so many things. And if, if anybody's listening to this specific moment right now, if you just look back at all the crazy things that have happened, all the wars All the massive pandemics, the Spanish flu, uh, the plague, the smaller, quote unquote, smaller scale, SARS, MERS, uh, swine flu. There's so many things that happen, but as as humans and as people, we've been so good at adapting that 100% we're going to get past this. Mm -hmm. Things might be a little bit different, but different is not always bad. Because if we didn't have all those things happen, we wouldn't be this evolved. If the world was perfectly designed and nobody ever went through any hardships, we would never actually improve. And if you think about it this way, if if we get past this, the next time something like this happens, it's going to get squashed. There's a reason why, you know, there's no scurvy anymore. People don't have like these deficiencies or the plague doesn't, there's no outbreak of the plague, you know, there's no like. We've been able to adapt and, and we will get through to the other side, but we have to go through this right now because it's going to make everybody a thousand times stronger on the other side of the whole thing.
3: Well said, Prish. I think you, you're giving Slava a little run for his money in terms of <laughs> motivational pep talks.
2: I think, it's uh... true though.
1: You know, like, <laughs> I think we're, it, it's so easy to be trapped into that negative spiral of all the shit that's been happening. Mm -hmm. and it sucks it's not it's not fun like nobody nobody likes to be feel restricted as humans we love to feel free we love to be autonomous freedom is a is a beautiful part of life but evolution and like evolving and and becoming better is also just as important and i think when you think about like everything you go through like like even like let's imagine surgery so many people have died through surgery and because of those deaths, like surgery has gone so much better because they learned from those deaths. Like what, how much medication, how much anesthesia to give or how to cut through the body, right? The first time someone cut into somebody's body, I'm sure it wasn't perfect. They probably like weren't going in with like a perfect map. They probably nicked something, maybe a whole bunch of people died. It's, it's, it's unfortunate, but I think that, if you think about the positive aspect is how much better are we going to be at the end of this whole thing? Imagine the physio profession. Now we have virtual rehab implemented. Now we're going to have people who can adapt to any circumstance, almost any circumstance. We have, we we've optimized the way we do our scheduling. Infection protocols have been better. We're cleaning way more. You know, these are actually positives coming out of this, right? Um, Not that like I'm saying that we, you know, The negatives, the positives should trump the negatives, but it's just the the perspective that you have, right? I think it's important to just keep remembering that we get to go out into the world and help people every day. And a part of that is to help those individuals and to remind them of the positives that might come out of this to just keep helping them get uh, move through it. Because again, we're not just physiotherapists, we're coaches, we're motivators, we're educators. We have so many roles to play. And this right here is the best time to actually embody those other roles.
0: That's an excellent uh, segment right there. Gonna frame it in. But you're 100% right about that. Um, I feel like a lot of things in the world are 90% mental, 10% physical, right? sports, competition, uh, and including rehab as well, right? Perception of the situation is huge. And uh, as Surush said, it is uh, now over into us becoming motivator, motivators for our patients and uh, getting them going consistently, right? Because for example, fitness is one of the first things to go if you're not paying attention to it, right? And it could be frustrating because you could have worked hard for a year, two years, To maintain a certain level of fitness and within half a year those uh, those uh, markers decrease right and you're back almost square one so those are the things that we have to keep within our patients and um, our team as well right because everybody's going through different things and it's the uncertainty that's also uh, getting people a little bit down but um, little things helping out your team like even buying a little coffee to cheer them up, drawing a little smiley face on like a sticky note, right? Those little things that really make a difference in somebody else's day just because they can get out of that funky blue uh, state of mind and uh, realize that things aren't bad. And uh, one of the biggest things we've been practicing with our patients at this point in time is gratitude. And um, in all honesty, my patients told me a story where she was making roughly about $30,000 um, a year uh, at one point, and um, there was a struggling family that lived next door to her, and she's like, $30,000 a year, some might say might not be enough, but for her, she's like, I'm happy. I came from a different country, I was extremely happy, and she was just uh, donating money to the family next door. She's like, if you need any kind of food, any kind of groceries, just give me a call, I'll get it down for you, and those are the things that lead to longer-term happiness, right? Which we can create those situations and get our patients to believe
1: again. I'll I'll leave you guys with this quote that I always thought about. <laughs> we got to do a quote. This is, here. This is a
3: very Sanjeev like.
1: <laughs> Smooth waters have never made a good sailor. You have to go through sometimes rocky times to become the best version of yourself. And as therapists, we go through this all the time. We have rough days, even before COVID, you know, and, but sometimes you can't take it to work. And developing this resilience is going to be so key. But finding that your groove and what makes you happy and what can give you that little bit of that, the rush, that euphoria, you know whether it's running, whether it's doing jumping jacks, if it's if it's a fitness thing, or if it's a you know calling up a friend or whatever it is. Um, now's the time to really lean on those to get everybody through this, and I think that's why it's it's really important to 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 develop these new ways to do those things that you used to do, but it's going to look a little different. But again, sometimes different is tough, but it's going to make you. A million times better afterwards
0: yes have you guys seen in your clinics um like a little bit of those blues in your teammates as well
3: mm, i think for myself um i i, I actually encountered some of those blues and there's days where you know i it's, uh, take today, for example, where, you know, after lunch, I, you know, I didn't, just, uh, I didn't have the most energy, you know, I was feeling a little bit down, I had some negative thoughts that came across my mind. And the first patient after for first client after lunch, man, I felt bad for them, because like, I was like, no, I don't even I don't even remember which which um, side I was treating. And I had to ask them and, and it, the the reality is that like, you people, people feed off your energy, right? And if they see that, you know, you're not, you don't have the most, um, I don't know, the most spunk, right? Then it, you know, it, it, it can affect, you know, how they feel about that whole treatment session. And then so like after that session, today, I like, I have to like almost give myself like a 30 second pep talk. I was like, yo, Justin, like, like, this isn't how you roll. You know, you have to, you have to bring the energy with every client that you see. And then like, I had to like literally go to the washroom and just be like splashing water in my face and then go back and see see the next client. Um, so in my setting, it was, it was, it was more about, you know, me overcoming some of my blues over the last, last little while, but, um, yeah. I agree. Like, I think, you know, it's, it's
1: really interesting. This, this conversation is happening at a very interesting time as I was doing a little bit of self-reflection about, um, Kind of what you were talking there, um, Justin. I um, I was reading this article about leaders and leaders who are either very task like oriented, efficient type of leaders, or inspirational re- leaders. And I think this is the time you want to you know you want to get you done, you want to get the task done, etc. But now, really, it's super important to be that inspirational leader. And it, you don't have to be in a leadership position to do that. Now, I am in a position to be able to do that, but anybody could be an inspirational leader around the people around them. I've noticed this, you know, I think there's a lot of things that happen in people's lives, right? People, everybody is writing their own story. Everybody has their own challenges they're going through. And you can never fully um, grasp grasp exactly how that person is feeling because sometimes they might not share everything. So there might be way more going on in someone's head than you might actually be able to see or actually hear in a conversation. So to me, at least like what I've tried to do is to really lean on that inspirational side of things, because this really is the time to inspire you want to be an inspirational leader anyways. It's not that you don't want to be inspiring outside of COVID times, but especially right now, I think keeping that mental strength and, and helping provide support has been really helpful. Just simply, honestly asking your, your friend, your coworker, Hey, how are you doing? How can I help you? Is there anything that I can do to help you today? S- super simple it doesn't have to be something crazy or like sava said like using a little rock like a little little gift little coffee those things go a long way you know if someone's having a bad day you get them their favorite drink dude they're going to be ecstatic about that you're going to make their day it doesn't have to be like you got to buy you a lamborghini how buy you a ferrari it, it's <laughs> got to be it's it's just something just sentimental or you know honestly that was actually one of our therapists even said this the other day uh our therapist Tia was saying like, sh- how, I'm like, how do you motivate your patients? And you know what she says to the therapist, uh, to the patients? She's like, Hey, I'm proud of you. It was the last time you guys have said that to, to a colleague or a patient. It made me think, I was like, man, I, I don't think I've said that in a while. Right. That, those simple words. I'm proud of you. That if you, when you heard, I'm proud of you from your friend or your parent or somebody you looked up to, how did that make you feel? It made you feel great. It made me feel great. Like if one of my mentors say, you know what? I'm proud of you. You did great work here. It made me feel good. Mm-hmm. Those little things, right? But have you guys noticed, and have you guys noticed things that work well in your clinics? Because everybody's, again, every setting is different. Every person's different. Have you guys noticed something that's helped you guys um Really create a little bit more of a positive atmosphere because you guys know me. I'm I'm a joker. This is probably the most serious podcast I've ever done. <laughs> I I crack jokes left and right. Any opportunity, there's a joke. So that's that's kind of my thing, right? But everybody has their own thing. Have you, what have you guys been doing? I know Slava's the motivational king here. Motivational Monday is coming in hot with the big quotes on the wall. <laughs> but is there anything that you guys have found so far? That's been really helpful with your teams, your friends, your family. That's been, because anything you do, even with your friends and family, could also be possibly helpful with your patients. Because, again, the emotions that humans feel is very similar across the board, but people have the experiences that are very different.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, as like, as cheesy as it sounds, I'm definitely a big believer in like, gratitude and just kind of starting off your day thinking about like, as frustrating as like the whole situation can be, like I really count myself pretty lucky. Like I, well, I didn't have a job, but I didn't like lose a job or like lose a career opportunity or anything like that. I still ended up like in a good house and in a good situation. Job market looks good. Like a lot of people like are in worse off situations and not always to compare anything, but I think just trying to focus on like what's kind of come of it. I think I've gotten some really good learning opportunities from it as well, which I would not, like, as you said, I've learned more about tele-rehab and it's given me a lot more time to kind of like focus on learning specific things that you kind of brush over in school. So just trying to like focus on like the good parts of it. And I think that's been really helpful. What about you guys?
0: For sure. Um, when I've had the conversations with my patients and the colleagues that are feeling a little bit more down, I often find that it's an accumulation of little things that cause to them feeling a little bit more blue. It's uh, the same thing as in uh, uh, the book outliers um, where there was a company in uh, Korea where they, they experienced a huge amount of, uh, airplane accidents compared to the industry average. And they found out that it's a accumulation of little things that all on their own never cause a big accident. When three or four of them are together, it leads to a catastrophe. So it, I found that it's the same thing in people's lives where it's little things like a little bit of a fight in a relationship, the little bit of an issue at work, and those things all combine to create a larger thing. So even if somebody like looked at you wrong in the Grocery store line, those little combined to people having a perception of a negative day or a negative streak. And uh, just pulling those things apart, reasoning why it happened and how it's not necessarily your fault, but how you control your perception uh, leads to them believing that things are actually better than um, the accumulation of those little negative things. Mm-hmm.
3: I think for me, it's like, I I agree with everything that you guys said, you know, just the Faraqa, the gratitude, you know, Slav is the accumulation of all all these small things Uh, for me. And I think in our practice um, and to your point, Saroosh, you know, I try to, you know, go, I remember you telling me this before, um, I think maybe almost a year ago and you're like, you know, just go into every session and, and just like have fun and kind of be yourself. Right. And, you know, for me, I feel like when I'm, myself i can like crack my dumb food jokes and whatnot and i feel like people can really see that and they can really resonate and and vibe off the energies i think something that i've tried to do and this is this is relating back to kind of you know when i first started is just like every victory every every victory that you get with with the client no matter how small it is you have to celebrate it right and like for me like i had this client that came in he had he broke his ribs a year ago. It He's still in chronic pain. He like, there's such a huge psychosocial component that he even knows that when he came in and he's so, so down about the whole situation, like he can't go to sleep. He gets two hours of sleep a night. He can't bend over to touch his hose without having extreme pain. He has a t- two, uh, two months year old that he can't even hold. And so he was really down about that. And like every session and I'm just like, you know, like we're, we're killing it. It was like, he made him like gone like five degrees of, range with like his shoulder flexion i'm just estimating because i don't i don't use a goniometer but you know i'm like yo like great job man we like we're fucking killing it yo your arm is getting better every session and like he's starting to like almost kind of take in that energy he's like oh you'll actually believe in like you know like you know we're gonna we're like you know i've been making these gains it's gonna take a while but we're gonna like i see the light at the end of the tunnel i think you know it's it's for me it's like you know every 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 victory is you have to celebrate no matter how small it is. So I think that's been something that's been really helping um, drive outcomes and also provide a more positive experience for the clientele, to enter our clinic.
1: So, so what have you guys been doing to prepare for, uh, for like quote unquote possible second wave as if you guys or your clinics been changing the narrative in a way or chatting with patients at all about those are, or what's been the thought process in your in your practices? Oh, the biggest thing is uh, planting seeds
0: of how tele rehab was the most amazing thing in the world <laughs> <laughs> because we just prepared for possible shifts. Because uh, every single time I say that, people meet me with the uh, with a skeptical uh, response. It's like, "Oh, is it really going to work for me?" Um, so I'm like, "We're definitely." It has to be a right patient, but the main thing is that we get you better from your injury, right We manage you through this whole situation, and uh, that's the biggest uh, pivot shift that uh, we've had before because when with the first wave, the cairo stop practicing and the massage therapist stop practicing right but uh, we I'm trying to communicate the benefits of rehab of tele rehab to them as almost to the cairo as opposed to the massage therapist but uh, because it's fundamentally hands-on practice, but uh, we got to turn patients into believers in order for them to get the best outcomes out here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What do you guys think? How have you been preparing?
3: I think similar to you, uh, Slavs, you know, just planting the seeds, you know, of, of, of telegree. I know some of my clients, they really enjoy the hands-on care and, you know, as, especially during this uh, post or not post COVID, but I, I picked up or acquired a new skill um, to my arsenal. I use acupuncture now. A lot of clients are really enjoying that. So as much as I've been preaching the, the virtual care, it's uh, some of my clients, they uh, unless I teach them how to needle themselves, it's, uh, it, it might be a little bit challenging to, to get them away from the, uh, the electrical stim that they, they love to come in for every session.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I actually try to keep my narrative as similar as possible after the lockdown, when we kind of started to go back into clinic. And um, basically, an example I have is I had a patient who was seeing me uh, before their next session, they actually started to develop some flu-like symptoms. So, and this was like, a, like three, four days after the last session. And, and I was like, obviously, well, don't come in. Right. Uh, so they waited out the symptoms. They actually got a COVID testing and it took about a week and a half for that process to get their test back, to get the symptoms to subside, everything, you know, just like kind of how AHS actually told us to, to do uh, based on like some of the protocols they had in place. And, but what I did was immediately we actually switched over to virtual and, um, we didn't miss a beat in the rehab and she actually was able to graduate on time. So that was a really good learning for me that it can be a really important tool. And so I actually use that experience and the other experiences that I've had so far as a bit of the social proof too because it's important for them to understand this has happened because people don't want to ever be the first to try something new. Um, But it wasn't something new for, for us, especially. So what I tried to do is I tried to at least communicate that value. Like you said, Slava, but also again, backing up with some experiences that I've had, but she was able to still get better. She got the care and was able to graduate. And so it was, and it was easy because EMR set it up in a way where, We could have done that. And so I think it's also important to look back at the tools that you have right now of how easy that's gonna make it for you to transition back and forth. If your paper charting might be a little bit tougher to make that transition as smooth, it could still happen, but you know, this is just something that I had uh, and that's what I've been continuing to provide as a narrative, hey, like, if you have a flu acceptance or something like that, let's switch over to virtual um let's continue because I would rather them finish their plan and get better back to 100% so that they don't have to keep coming in as often Be- and also my situation is a little bit different because I am working in the mornings now I do see some people who are a little bit old, older with more comorbidities and I always highly recommend even during the entire time since we came back to do either a hybrid model Were actually uh, to do virtual if I thought that was the best case. So I assessed them and then I thought, okay, what's the best situation for you? And um, that's been helpful so far. And I actually, in one example, was a guy, uh, because again, also my situation is a little bit different. We get a bunch of people from higher up, northern Alberta. And so I've had the opportunity to try to help create that hybrid care so that they still continue their care. And that's been also helpful. So using tele-rehab as a true tool of physiotherapy rather than just defense, I think is an important narrative too, that, Hey, this isn't just as a defense mechanism, but it, it can be a true tool to help get that person back to their goals, get that person back to hundred percent or close to hundred percent. Yeah, exactly.
0: It's a completely different perception. If, uh, you've already been integrating it into your practice as opposed to when you roll it out in an emergencies and people feel it that way, right? Because mm-hmm. it's uh, to them, it's a shift that's necessary rather than a shift that's beneficial from the start. Right. So it makes a lot of sense. Um, so guys, you've definitely provided some amazing insights. Um, if you had to leave our listeners with one thought, for these upcoming weeks, what would it be, Justin?
3: I'm going first. Um, <laughs> okay. uh, I think, you know, it's similar to, you know, what I echoed earlier, I don't think I can top what he said, but, you know, I think that, you know, as, as humans and, you know, with, with everything that we do, right. You know, we have to be willing to adapt, right. And, there's going to be situations situations where, you know, we might be struggling. We might not, we might not, sorry, we might not see the light, but at the end of the day, it's just about persevering through, right? And learning from every failure, from every challenge that comes our way. So, you know, with that being said, it's like, you know, whatever that comes ahead of us, right? With, let's say, the second wave or let's say something else that happens, right? Um, you know, just believe, just believe in the process and just know that, you know, we'll we'll figure out a way through. Mm
2: -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, I agree with that. I think like the, another big thing is just like kind of taking it each day at a time. I think a lot of people are thinking, you know, like when a vaccine comes out or things will get better, like in a few months when numbers keep going down. And I think you just kind of have to, Take like each day as it comes and deal with what you're facing and try to make the best out of it. Um, and then it's not like you're just consistently waiting for something when you don't know when it's going to come, it makes it just a bit more manageable
0: for sure. Veronica, you stole that thought right out of my mouth.
2: Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: a
0: hundred percent situation where. You're living in a present, right? You're taking it a step at a time. And that's the same way we do with rehab, right? You're, you're taking potential setbacks. You're taking the wind you're building on, like, a nice golden staircase of success. Um, but the thing that uh, I'll pivot to is uh, definitely some self-reflection. Um, embracing why you feel the way things uh, are happening, right? Why you feel the way you feel. And uh, making sure that you're true to yourself in terms of um, what you need to change and what you kind of need to embrace that's going on. So, self reflecting and pivoting um, at the right time is definitely important in these conditions.
1: Suresh, take us home. Okay. So, my, you know, it is definitely going to be a philosophical ending here. And if you have made it this far <laughs> to into the podcast right now, first of all, kudos to you. The second of all, if you're listening to this, the one thing that I want you to do and you guys included is tomorrow, tonight, after this, go and take two pieces of paper out. And write down all the things you knew, all the experiences, everything you did last year and all the things you've done this year, all the skills you've gained this year, and all the people you've met this year. And just look at those two lists. Just remember that sometimes when it gets, when times are really shitty like this, you have to be able to show yourself the difference that you've, you've made in your own life in the past year or even. And just remember, we are the most advanced species on this planet. If we're not gonna get through this, then who's gonna get through it? So we will get through it. And if you despite, you know, there's a lot of lot of lot of lot of shit happening in the media, just turn it off and just sit down and just relax, write that list out, and just think about where you've come. And how much you've gained in the last eight months, not how much you've lost. And that will hopefully put you in a much better mood and get you through the next five, six months. Because come 2021, things will get better. They're gonna you're gonna feel much better. But after this, in, in two years, 10 years, you're gonna look back and you're gonna tell all your your friends. You're going to tell your kids, you're going to tell your cousins, you're going to tell whoever, hey, I made it through one of the worst pandemics in history. Mm -hmm. That's all I
0: have to say. That's a great way to sign off. You know how Gary V. (laughs) signs his initials at the end of the video? (laughs) It's just (laughs) getting there. But uh, for all those people listening, it's definitely a great thing to practice. Um, what all four of us have mentioned and hopefully incorporate that into your practice, into your daily routine and uh, get, getting stronger through the times of adversity. Thank you for listening to PTBC and Filtered and we'll see you
1: in a couple of weeks.
0: Thank you everyone for tuning into the PTBC podcast. Hope you enjoyed the episode today. Please check us out on Facebook,
1: Twitter, Instagram, and at our website, ptbusinesscorner.com. Feel free to send us a message on social media or email us at infoptbusinesscorner.com. See you next time!